1: Happy New Year, fight fans. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, John Basto. As always, joined by Johnston Brown for another new year and another year of boxing. And this is our review of Garcia versus Campbell, the big fight that happened on the 2nd of January. We're really stoked to talk about it and and talk about our reactions to to that particular fight, some of the fights on the undercard, and of course, the reaction to further lockdown measures here in the UK. We've got a lot to talk about in this episode to wrap up the Garcia-Campbell fight weekend. Johnston, I suppose I'm going to hand over to you and just sort of ask the question about Ryan Garcia's victory over Luke Campbell, and what did you think about the fight? What did you think about Garcia's performance and Campbell's performance?
0: Well, um I thought, to be fair, it was a good night of boxing. The whole card, actually, really. You know, the Al- Alvarado brothers beforehand, and then obviously the main event, I, th- I thought it was a decent card. Three really good fights that I see. I didn't see so many others. So um, I- what I witnessed, it was a really good card, uh, really entertaining. Um, in terms of Ryan Garcia, well, the first thing I noticed is him coming out on that throne, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I, I really just did get it. And some, some of the commentators as well, um, the way they were sort of him. hyping him up. Absolutely terrible, when not it, Sean? Uh, I know a lot of people have obviously expressed their <laughs> what they felt about the whole flipping shenanigans. But um, the fight itself, to be fair, was a good fight. Um, I thought Luke Campbell, he was hesitant when he started for me, and then when he landed that great shot in the second round, put him on his ass. I mean, absolutely brilliant. I was, I was hyped with that. I couldn't believe it. Um The fact that his geese has come out on the phone, he's been put on his ass within two in the second round was absolutely superb. Um, and then after that, just, I know, he sort of just—I don't know—he didn't take the initiative on the fight for me, Luke. I think he, he should have just gone for broke and just went for it, went for the kill. It was hurt Garcia, and he, if, if he would have nailed him again, uh, rather than being. Too patient, I think. I think he was too patient, too calculated when he should have just really gone for it because I think he could have put him down again, potentially. Obviously, he was worried about the power. You could see that from the first round. Ryan obviously carries some pop, as we we, we said. We said as as he got the power. Um, I think he showed that. He showed a decent chin. He recovered well, came back well. And I thought he put Luke under some serious pressure. I thought Luke won the fourth round, I believe. And then after that, I thought Ryan won all the rest. And then, obviously, put him down with a great body shot. Um a good a good, good victory for him. Uh, we said it was going to be a learning curve. It was a learning curve for him. I just think he was very, very overhyped. And I think he has got a little bit away, away of himself. And I think that he may end up becoming a crop because of that.
1: Well, the fight itself was an entertaining fight. It was more entertaining than what I thought it would be. For the soul factors, obviously, Campbell weren't expected to put him on his ass the way he did. And it was always that counter left, that counter left that we talked about in our in our preview for that. If he comes on on strong, which is what he was doing, he's going to get caught. And that's exactly what happened. Campbell waited, timed his shot perfectly, caught him, dropped him on his ass. And it looked a heavy knockdown. You know, you look at Garcia the way he landed, his arm went all funny and he was thinking, oh my God, he's just is he going to get up from this? And he jumped up, he cleared his head and he carried on the fight. From that point onwards, I think that's where for me, Campbell seemed to, to, to sort of back off. Like you say, he was hesitant. He wasn't willing to throw the shots. There was some great movement and footwork from Campbell. There was one moment where Garcia went to throw a punch and Campbell just spun him oh, around. Yeah. And I was like, that's Beautiful. brilliant. That's brilliant ring craftsmanship. And he didn't throw anything after he spun him. He didn't throw anything. For me, I was like, why are you not throwing? Throw some at him. Don't be hesitant. Throw it. Stamp your authority on the fight. And... That's what he didn't do. He didn't stamp his authority on the fight. What it's shown about Ryan Garcia is that whilst he is this pretty boy, whilst he is this showman, whilst he is an Instagram star and a YouTube star and all the rest of it, the kid has got bollocks and the kid has got heart. He got up from that shot, he reassessed the situation and they changed the game up and they got the victory. In the end, it was a great, sneaky left body shot and it was great the way he threw it because he threw it as if it was going for a hook so Campbell threw up his right glove to protect himself and he switched it at the last second and threw it to the body and yeah it brought it down and it was a great shot and it finished the fight and big credit to Ryan Garcia people hate him people don't like him I understand why I understand he looks like a bit of a dick at times and he comes across as a bit of a dick at times but when you take all that showmanship away from it all the kid seems like a nice kid the one thing I will I will comment on is the celebration after he won the fight I never seen anything like that in a boxing ring I've seen some great celebrations that looked like some sort of sex party that didn't it it looked like he, he, he jumped into Eddie Reynoso's sort of lap and it looked like Eddie Reynoso was like spooning him like it looked like Gatti he was riding Reynoso and I was like what the hell is this celebration I just absolutely <laughs> couldn't believe what I was seeing it was oh man it, it was certainly the talk of social media and people were putting that out there it was funny it was funny to see, but <laughs> after the fact it was it was quite humbling you know they both had good comments to say about each other Campbell he was gutted. You could tell he was gutted that he lost that fight. And I understand why he was gutted. Because I think he he could have beat him. He's shown he could have beat him. He just didn't do what he needed to do on the night. And and that's, that's, that's what it's all about. You need to be there on the night. You need to be throwing them shots when you have the opportunities. And he didn't. Garcia took his chance. Garcia got the victory. And Garcia will move on. Potentially now, it's a big fight with former rival in the amateurs, Devin Haney. They both fought each other six times. And it's three apiece from the amateur scene. Now, obviously, this is professional now. This is completely different. But Devin Hayne is the WBC lightweight champion. Ryan Garcia is now the mandatory for it by beating Luke Campbell. So that sets up a brilliant fight. Hopefully, that will be this year. And we will get that. And we will talk about that in more detail in our Boxing wish list episode next week. But it, it leaves a, a great opportunity now for the lightweights to really take hold of boxing and show why the smaller divisions are so exciting. I even seen someone go as far as putting a, a, a an infographic up on social media last week, at ESPN, I think it was, and they put, is this the new Fab Four? And it had Lopez in it, it had Haney in it, it had Garcia in it. I can't remember who the fourth one was. It might have been Lomachenko, I don't know. But they put four fighters in up against the original Fab Four of Duran, Hearns, Leonard and Hagler. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Right. Let's not go that far. It's not that. It's not that great yet. But it has the potential to be one of the great divisions of this era.
0: Yeah, it does, and you know, yeah, the, the, the four I mean it says Haney, Lopez, Davis, and Garcia. Then I'm guessing they'd, they'd be the four, weren't they? Uh, yes,
1: Davis. It was. Yeah,
0: Davis. Yeah, Gervonta Davis. Um, they're all very young. They've all got hot potential, and and the fact is, if they could all fight each other, that would be absolutely terrific. Um, to be honest with you, um, and they all have their different strengths. Um, at the moment, obviously Lopez is the one ahead of them all because he's beating the man. So, you know, he he's clearly the, the the one to watch out for. But for me, I mean, Davis got that marquee victory against Santa Cruz, knocking out a guy that's never been knocked out before, uh, known for a solid chin. And to knock him out the way he did, he's got some serious power. I think Lopez and Davis are a little bit ahead of the other two. So that's why I think that the Haney-Garcia fight makes sense. As you say, fought each other six times the amateurs. They know each other well. They know their strengths and weaknesses. OK, as the pros is different, it is going to be different. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Two excellent fighters at a very young age and got hot potential, and they've proven their worth in a way. I think probably Garcia now edged it after sort of dealing with Campbell. So it makes it interesting that one. But I can see why he would go with Haney and definitely not with Lopez and Davis, because I do think Davis is a huge threat for someone like Ryan Garcia. You know, could you imagine if Davis landed that shot that (laughs) that Campbell landed, then I think it would have been lights out for him. So he's got a lot to learn. And as you say, yeah, I I just didn't like the commentator as well. The fact that when he got put down and then he came back, and then the commentator had the absolute, the strangest thing of saying, uh, "What did he say?" He said, uh, "He's shown that he's a true champion." I was like, (laughs) "What what titles he got? He's got the WBC interim title." I mean, do me a favor. That sort of talk needs to stop. It really bothered me. To I literally ended up muting it in the end. Uh, disappearing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. commentating on the Uh they, they need to park that right down because it is a, uh, it's, it's a bit. Uh, it, just, it just looks stupid to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, all in all, though, a great card. I can't, I can't knock it. It was
1: a great card. It, the, the zone commentary. I will make my thoughts known on that. It was shockingly shit and surprisingly, oh, bad. surprisingly you know guys like sergio mora who's on the commentary you know former light middleweight champion former super welterweight champion himself you know the guy's been inside the ring it goes to show you that people that have sometimes been inside the ring doesn't always make them great pundits and great commentators fighters like paul smith he's known for it paul smith the former super middleweight here from britain he has <laughs> always been one of them to comment on how people outside of boxing or people that have never been in the ring don't have the right to make comments on fighters inside the ring but yet people like sergio Mora, who's a former world champion can make some absolute ludicrous comments in commentary. That just goes to show that it doesn't always make guys that have been inside the ring great pundits because they don't always observe it the way a neutral was observe it. You know, just because someone like, say, me, hasn't been in the ring mm-hmm. as a professional, doesn't make me a great observe doesn't make me not a great observationalist. It doesn't. I can sit there and watch a fight and predict a fight because I've studied the game for years. It doesn't matter. I've studied it for years. Many other people have studied it for years. Some of the best pundits out there are people that I've never got in the ring because they are able to make a, an unbiased objection against certain fighters, for certain fighters. And that that's the best part about getting someone who's as unbiased. as that. Max Kellerman's probably one of, one of the best ones out there. People give him yeah. some shit. But he's one of the best ones out there for it. He makes great observations. He makes the right commentary about it. And I actually miss having him on the shows because he, he was a pretty good analyst. He was pretty good and one of the better ones out there. But yeah, commentary was absolutely shocking. Service, again, fantastic service, commentary shocking. And did you see the moment where the presenter, the British presenter, Kate Abdo, turned around to Ryan Garcia's dad and talked about having good sperm?
0: Oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I completely missed that. Um, I'm guessing she's putting herself forward for a uh, to, to get it on with Ryan in his shape. oh mate I'm telling you that was <laughs> oh, an absolute shit, comical moment
1: yeah they were basically her, her and Chris Mannix were, were there Garcia's dad came up they sat there they spoke about obviously Garcia's brother who won earlier in the night and then they spoke about Ryan Garcia she spoke about them obviously being good looking lads And she mentioned about him having good sperm, good genes, and it was just hilarious. And that's the type of shit that it's actually pretty comical. You know, it actually made me laugh. And whilst it is probably in some people's eyes quite unprofessional, it was it was quite comical to watch. So there was another highlight of of the show completely. Uh, Before we go into the rest of the card, then, Johnson, I think the final thoughts on this particular main event is about Campbell now and, and where does Campbell go from here? This is a, a pivotal point in his career now where to get back up to the top end of the division it's going to take a while and it's going to take some big victories. I don't think he's got it in him. I don't think he's got it in him to get back up there. Now I think at 33 years old, I honestly think his time is done. I I don't think I'd want to see him drop down a level. People are suggesting that maybe a fight with James Tennyson in the lightweight division would be a great domestic fight. But I don't think I want to see him drop down now. I think you think about the people he's been in the ring with, the big names, Linares, Lomachenko. If Garcia goes on to be a superstar like them, then that just says Campbell went in, with the best he could go in with at the time. If he drops down and he goes and loses to someone who doesn't achieve much in boxing, that, for me, tarnishes his legacy more than what it would be for him to turn around and say, you know what, I've done everything in a sense that I wanted to do. I've won an Olympic gold medal. Yeah, I didn't win a world title, but I fought three of the best ever. Then maybe yep. that would be a more uh, of a greater accolade than it would be to say, well... I got beat at the end of my career off this guy, this guy, and this guy. I don't want to see him stick around too long where he doesn't need to.
0: No, I don't. And, and that's the last thing we want to see with fighters. And it's just a shame for Luke because obviously he, is, he was a talent. I mean, I, I still think he is a talent. He's just unfortunate that he's in such a tough division. You know, if it wasn't Lomachenko, now you've got all these young bucks that have come through and they look really decent. I mean, they look like real true hot potential and potential superstars. So, I mean, he can either sort of stick around, uh, but 33, I mean, these young kids are probably going to be knocking around in this division at least for another couple of years. Um, I know Davis might shoot up because I know he, he sort of has problems with his weight for me. Yeah, And I think Lopez being big for the weight, I think them two are the bigger ones. I think they probably will move up. And Ryan, obviously, you know, he's, he's still a boy. I mean, you can see he's, he's got the the physique where he can move up a few as well. So, um, unless he sticks around and just waits for him all to move up, um, and then hopefully one of them drops a belt and he can fight for a vacant title against someone else that isn't a part of that four or a Maybe he can, he can, you know, get a couple of warm up fights. And I mean, the only, the only other name I can think is it Lee Selby. I mean, is Lee Selby's yeah. still knocking around lightweight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a fight that could happen. You could put that on an undercard somewhere. That'd be a good fight domestically. Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, the, and then it's, it's sort of like a crossroads fight for the, for the, both of them. Whoever loses that sort of thing, it's, it's pretty much all over, um, but you know, in it, they need money, so I mean, Tennyson's dangerous. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think he's got some serious power as well in the division, so um, I wouldn't like to see him fight Tennyson and get knocked out because it sort of just ruins it, really. If anything, walk away as you say now, um, and maybe just try and go on a bit of coaching and whatever else he wants to jump, pundit in. He ain't a bad pundit, he, he speaks pretty well. Or he has that fight with like a big money last hurrah fight with someone like Lee Selby. Well, Lee
1: Selby would be a great fight for him because Lee Selby's at the point of his career now where he's a similar age to Luke yeah. Campbell. We've not seen him move up to the division successfully. Obviously, he was a former world champion down in the featherweight division. But will he become a champion up at lightweight? Well, this is what he's tried to do. He got beat off of Cambosas Jr. last year. But can he beat a Luke Campbell? Can that propel him into a world title shot? Would it propel Campbell back into the frame for a world title shot? Actually, I think it probably would for both of them. I think they've both got value. They've both got that world level pedigree so why not? I think that's a really really good fight and I think you're right. I think that's probably the only fight that's worth taking for him at this point in time. Obviously if he needs the money he's going to stick around a little bit longer and take some of these big marquee fights. It sounds sad but maybe he'll get fed to the lions. Maybe he'll be going in against Giovanni Davis because he knows he's going to make a shit ton of money off it. Maybe he will go in and fight a Devin Haney in the future before them two clash Garcia and Haney. We just don't know how it's going to pan out. I just don't Want to see him stick around too long and be be fed to the lion so to speak i don't want to see him just being you know the guy who's the benchmark of world level i don't want to see that for him because like i said we've followed his career from the start becoming an olympic champion to see him not win a world title is is difficult because he's got all the talent to do so again he's just come along a, an era where he's got all these guys coming up against him and one of the greatest fighters of a generation. I think the same with with Ricky Hatton is another guy. I always talk about Ricky Hatton, but he was another one who he beat a lot of good guys. But when he got them mega stars, the Floyd Mayweather to Manny Pacquiao's, he just weren't quite good enough to beat them. And that's maybe mm. what Luke Campbell is. He's, he's he's got all the talent in the world, but he's just not quite good enough to beat these big guys. And and that's kind of where I see these I see these fights being at for him at the moment. But Lee Selby Luke Campbell, that would be a great fight for the both of them. It would certainly. Put an end to, to both of their careers, or move them on to where they want to go. So yeah, it's a great it's a great fight, a great pick, and I'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, but it is it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, when, when you when you walking, you look at that lightweight division. It's probably one of the best around. I mean, bar, I suppose. The world weight division, to be fair, um, and obviously the heavyweights are up there in the minute with some great names for us as Brits and you know and an your American in Wilder. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say that that's probably the pick. That's probably the most exciting division at the moment: the lightweight, uh, the, the, the lightweight division. Um, so yeah, shame for Luke. And we we were saying it, didn't we, on the show before, and we we hope that Luke could could produce the goods. Um, the one thing I will say as well is it's just the way. I don't know, maybe he weren't in the right frame of mind. Because as you say, he just wasn't, he, he didn't, it's like he didn't look at the night as a, he, he knew it was a big night, but he got overwhelmed with it rather than actually sort of just taking it by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, he, he put his foot down in, in that second round. He he got a great, you know, that lo- lovely counter left that puts Ryan down and it's just a shame he didn't step on the gas for me and just sort of try and finish him off. And then if he'd have got knocked out then, at least he could have said oh, I had a right go. I just don't think he had a had a go. I think that's I think that's one thing you probably will be thinking about after is I wish I'd, I wish I threw a few more punches. But gutted for him. But um, yeah, we'll move on to to next topics on the next fighters so, uh, of uh, the night.
1: Well, it was a great card. You mentioned earlier you enjoyed the card. I actually really enjoyed this particular card. I wasn't sure what to expect from it but the fights that i enjoyed in particular was raul curiel against ramez agaton that was a pretty good fight raul curiel really really put it on him in that first and second round it was great to see i enjoyed that particular fight but the Alvarado brothers, them two, were, were great entertainment to watch. The first one was Felix versus DJ Creel. Now, DJ Creel got put down a few times earlier on in the fight, and I honestly didn't think it would go and last as long as it lasted, but he, he did, and it was it was a really good performance. He was absolutely relentless Felix Alvarado in defending the IBF World light Flyweight title. I really thoroughly enjoyed that particular fight. What did you make of that one?
0: Brilliant fight. Um, I, I love Felix's attitude. Just He's just a come-forward fighter and throwing several shots. He will take a shot to to land three or four. And DJ Kirill, our utmost respect for the guy. You know, he gets put down in the second round and then down in the fourth. And at, at both times, you're sort of thinking, oh, dear, then Felix has got him. And then all of a sudden, Kirill came back. And, and he, he actually started to boss Felix for me for a couple of rounds. He was fighting superbly well. And then, obviously, in the end, the inevitable happening referee did stop it. It was a good decision. I mean, I think I think Kirill was a bit gutted, but I think it was a big shot. He had taken a few. There was no need for him to carry on. He was losing the fight on points. So I have to give you know, applaud the referee for deciding to stop the fight. But a cracking fight. If, you, if, if you're if you a fan of a guy who likes to come forward, a bit like a sort of a Josh Warrington, if you like, then Felix is your man because he's, uh, he's great viewing.
1: It was great for him. It was a great fight. I enjoyed it. And then his brother, Rene Alvarado, took on Roger Gutierrez in a rematch in 2017. And it was a really good fight as well. And Gutierrez had Rene Alvarado in serious trouble really early on. Alvarado was then able to come back and boss the fight, making a cut over Roger Gutierrez's eye. And then the commentators did one thing right about this fight, and they told a good story with Roger Gutierrez and him losing his mother to cancer in November last year. Then straight away, I was like, actually, I think I want Gutierrez to win this fight, to be honest, because, (laughs) you know, we, we all love an underdog. We really do. And then for Gutierrez to go on and win the fight on points was great. It was a great ending to the fight. I did actually pick René Alvarado in our in our prediction lead that I'm in. And I honestly thought he was going on to win the fight. But when he got dropped very late in the fight with a, a sneaky little left hook on the inside, that, that was what ended the fight, really. That's what won him the fight, Gutierrez. Otherwise, it would have been a really, really close possible split decision in favour of Alvarado. It wouldn't have surprised me, but to be honest with you, the right man running that fight.
0: I think you are. I mean, the, the two knockdowns, Rene showed great courage to come back and then, you know, he fought on well, but in, as you say, you know, with Roger losing his mum to cancer, and they did mention it a few times, you sort of felt like, uh, you want Roger to win it now because, you know, he's doing it for his mum kind of thing. And then when Rene sort of, after those the two knockdowns, he's come back, as you say, he starts to dominate the fight and he's starting to, for me, I thought he was nicking it Going into that last round, he just needed to stay on his feet. And Roger Lands with as you say, that sneaky left puts Rene down, effectively wins him the fight, which is just brilliant. I mean, that's what boxing's all about. That's what we love about the sport is one guy who thinks he's gonna win, it goes right to the wire, right to that last round. You could see when Rene took, we sort of went down, he got up quickly. I think he got up quickly because he was hoping the referee wouldn't call it a knockdown, because he sort of it was so sneaky, he sort of dropped down. It was more I think he was tired, he was hurt as well, don't get me wrong. But he tried to quickly get out, and we thought, "Ah oh, no, I've lost this fight." And I think he knew it, and Roger knew it, and and yeah, great, another great fight. I mean, both these the Alvarado brothers, uh, excellent fighters. I, I just love to watch them. They're all action, um, but yeah, massive kudos to to Roger Gutierrez for getting that win.
1: Well, I really enjoyed that particular card. It actually felt like we, you know. We're only paying ninety nine a month for it. Eventually, that price will probably go up, which is at the point maybe some of us will unsubscribe. But for one ninety nine a month, we've got a really high value, high quality card, and I really enjoyed it. Yes, the commentary wasn't fantastic. Yes, it probably needs to be changed to appease a lot of us, but for what you've had to pay for to watch that, it was good value for money in my eyes, and I really, really enjoyed the card. But unfortunately, now, Johnston, as of yesterday, that... Has left a bit of a bitter taste in our mouth because, unfortunately, here in the UK, we were put on another national lockdown, meaning that pretty much everything is closed, barring essential places like supermarkets. Our children, I've been told, they've got a remote learn from home. They're not allowed to go into schools because. This is where it's all spreading. It's all mixing between the younger generations. So now we're in a position where all the fights from January have been canceled in the UK. We had some great fights coming up. The only one fight that is actually going to be coming up later in the month is going to be Caleb Truex and Caleb Plant for the IBF super middleweight title. That's the only other fight that we've got coming up in, in the next few weeks that we've got to look forward to. So From our perspective, in terms of our big fight previews, there isn't gonna be any. That's probably going to be our next one, and normally, we wouldn't probably do a big fight preview for that because I wouldn't call it a big fight. I'd call it a Caleb Plant getting a victory over Caleb Truex. So, (laughs) I probably will. We probably will do something for that. But in terms of stuff on the domestic scene, there's nothing for us now to be able to go through and talk about. And it's it's sad that this had to happen again in the UK and. You know, a lot of places elsewhere have been able to come out of this pandemic making the right decisions. Their governments have made the right decisions at the right time. Unfortunately, ours haven't. So we're now back to square one like we was in March of 2020. And it's it's a bit of a long slog for us. As podcasters, it doesn't stop what we're doing. We can still do what we're doing. We're probably not going to bring you much on the BTR feed. That's the first thing I'm going to say. There will be one episode next week, which is going to be the Boxing wish list 2021. That's going to be an interesting topic to talk about because we don't know where things in the UK are going to go with coronavirus and how long this is going to stretch out for and how it will affect boxing in the UK. So it's going to be an interesting conversation, but we're still going to do our boxing wish list. That's going to be out next week. So please make sure you get on that as soon as it comes out. Have a listen. Let us know your thoughts on that. It'd be great to hear from you off the back of that particular episode. We might try and squeeze a special episode like we did last year where we did things like the Olympic games, the USA teams, the the GB team from 2012. We also did fantasy fights. We did a few great episodes where we put them together. We really enjoyed doing them. It kept the feed going. It kept things coming to you guys. But the biggest Breadwinners of our podcast network is career profiles and the darker side of boxing and of course legendary nights so now all them series are currently running we've got the finale coming of the darker side of boxing this month then we've got career profiles continuing on as always and we've got the continuation of season two of legendary nights so please please make sure if you've not subscribed to them feeds, go and do it because you're going to get pure content coming from them feeds. And there's a back catalogue of great content on them feeds as well. If you haven't subscribed to them, go and do it because you will get some great episodes coming your way over the next few weeks. Fighter fans, this has been a pleasure as always to do our big fight recap of Garcia versus Campbell. We said, would Garcia have the minerals to beat Campbell and he's certainly shown us he's got the minerals to beat Campbell will he become a superstar well the his commentators certainly think he's going to be the next Oscar De La Hoya or Sugar Ray Leonard that's for sure I've really enjoyed (laughs) sitting down with you Johnston for this and I just wanted to get your final thoughts on obviously the boxing that's just gone and, and obviously the reaction to what's happened in the UK here as well
0: yeah, it's, it's it's bitterly disappointing, isn't it, to have that to hear the news that we're in sort of a national lockdown. But it was it's sort of inevitable. I think we all knew it was coming with the way you know with the death rates rising, and it, it was just inevitable that it was going to happen. It's just a shame it hasn't happened sooner because we wouldn't. I don't think we would be here. I think we might still be in a lockdown, but we would be sort of towards the end of it or it, at least bang in the middle of it. Instead, we're at the start of it, and who knows when it's going to be back? I mean, in terms of just our normal life routine, let alone uh, the British Boxing border Control bringing back boxing. Who knows, they might extend it till February and then we don't got no boxing till March. It's a strong possibility. So that's all what happens overseas. So um, gutted about that. Uh, but it, doesn't, it, it definitely puts a dampener on the start of 2021. But you know, there's vaccinations going around, something we didn't have in March. So I'm hoping that with that, we're able to just stop the flow and, and then hopefully we can get our sport back because it just helps, doesn't it? I mean, we're in most of us. I mean, I've, I've been working from home the whole time, so um it, it's been nice to have sport on the telly. I know the football still about There's going to be the snooker still about. It's just unfortunate that you know one of our main loves, boxing, is just not going to be on. And it does get you through sometimes. Now there's a big fight coming up in the weekend. It's, it's it's nice to be able to look forward to that. So yeah, gutted uh, like like everyone. Just just be safe, everyone, and, and listen out for our. Career profiles, legendary nights, and dark side of boxing. Because we'll be working on that, and we'll get as much great material together as we possibly can, and make that a great listen for the viewers. So, yeah, we'll be busy. Yeah, just just be safe, everyone.
1: Well, we'll certainly be busy over the next few weeks. Please go and check out all the other available podcasts to you on this network. And a big shout out to our patrons as well, of course. Thank you so much for supporting us during these last six months. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Benjamin Waters, Tyler Dyer, Nick Canada, Blendon O'Flaherty and Rob Evans. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. We hope that you're going to be enjoying your patron-only episode, which is about the best boxing movies. So if you're listening now and you've not heard about this, or you've not seen us post it on social media, we did do a Patreon-only episode. It's about the best boxing movies. It was commissioned by Nick Canada, and it's a great episode. We really enjoyed sitting down to do that one. It's something we've wanted to do for a while, and Nick commissioned it. He wanted us to do it. So if you've not checked out that, then what you need to do is you need to go over to patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network, go and check out the available tiers, see if you are able to become a patron with a minimal fee applicable, and then go and find out about all the available benefits of getting access to episodes early, by getting involved in Patreon-only polls, by getting additional episodes that are not going to be released on the feed. This is what the Patreon service is all about. Please go and check that out. Patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Fight fans, as Johnston's rightly just pointed out, please, please, please be safe. Please take care of yourselves. If you want to drop us a DM, you can drop us a DM on any of the available Twitter handles that we've got or the Facebook page. We really appreciate you. We're really feeling the love. We thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.